welcome to Pred Wings Podcast, where Smashville and Hockey Town collide. And now, here are your hosts, Red Runway, Buffalo Brian, and D-Law, Dan Lawless. Welcome to episode 44 of the Pred Wings Podcast. You can join us on Facebook at Pred Wings Podcast, Twitter at Pred Wings Pod, Discord, and Twitch at Pred Wings Podcast. And you can always email us and send out hate mail to Rant and Ron. That's hate mail to Rant and Ron at Pred Wings Podcast at gmail.com. So, just quick. Um, Week number two, last night in my league. Well, this league, this season's not starting off too hot. Played a really good team. Um, first period wasn't so great. We not got down three to nothing. Second period a little better. We're down four to nothing. Third period, I was. Now, are you saying better because you didn't let in six or seven goals in this? Total? Well, I guess, even though, um, well, the third period, I didn't give up any goals, so that's a good noise, but I don't think they had as many shots as, God, as last week. You must have a nasty sunburn. And, no, it wasn't that bad. And, um, so, anyway, we didn't score till like, uh, 28 seconds left in the game. So, oh, at least, late than never. so at least it wasn't a shutout. So I guess a four to one loss, and it just I don't know. If we 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 need Rhett and Ron's offense. Yeah. Right. So anyway, um, what do we got for you guys this week? Anything exciting in your worlds? No, nothing's ever exciting in my world except I for have work kids. and work. That's my life. There it is. He just you nailed it. That's why I'm ranting. I just ran about life. I guess. Um, well, I'm sure we'll hear about it in the in the recaps uh, about Brian's week. But um, actually, let's go on to uh, let's move on with the recaps. Um, who I should think we should start with Detroit because I, I there's a mutual game coming up between you two. So. Yeah, let, yeah. That's. I was just gonna say that. Let's start with the wings. Now, I believe if my predictions were correct, I won another two for three. Is that correct? Uh, let's see. You said win, loss, win, win. Oh nope, I was way off. Yep, lost to Columbus. That was an embarrassing loss. They just, the wings just didn't show up. You know, they just they didn't show up. And it's I don't know if it's their youth. I don't know if it's their inexperience. I don't know if it's just. I I, I don't know. I'm, I'm. I'm not one to blame a coach, especially a first-year coach getting to know his guys. So I'm not going to throw him under the bus. Um, but the Wings just, they, they they didn't start the game off. They're always a team, and I've said this before, playing from behind. And, you know, that's exactly what happened again. I mean, they come out and get four unanswered goals. The Wings went into, you know, the third period down 4 nothing. Now it's... Now, it's hard enough to come back in this league. I mean, and this is the NHL. Coming back, I mean, first of well, all, well, why would maybe, you want to? 
maybe maybe unless you're Vancouver, but that's another story. Right, but I mean, why would you want to always try to come back and fight and claw and scratch your way in? I mean, guys were not happy about this. I mean, they just had very little effort. Their passing was was not very well. Um, you know, it just it just wasn't a good game. I mean, the only the bright spot is our young guys put put the points on the board. Well, Mata's not young, but younger. Wallman and Raymond. You know, it's nice to see Wallman continue to get goals. He's got his fifth on the year. Um, you know, he had a he had a good game. But yeah, the wings just didn't show up. They came up flat. Not a very good win. Colorado, this game was just it, it just shows how much farther along Colorado is. I mean, that's why they won the Stanley Cup. I mean, they're fast, they're big. They've just they've got a great line. They've got a great team. And I knew this was going to be a loss, and I, I, you know, I'm not. Yeah, I'm upset. It was a six to three blowout. I mean, the Wings are getting manhandled, just the entire game. Turnover. Uh-oh. I it was. I mean, they just had turnover after turnover after turnover in the neutral zone, in their own zone. Like it was just, just not a very well executed game. It was actually pretty pathetic. Um, now we go into Arizona a game that the Wings should be winning. This team is not, I mean, Arizona's Arizona. Uh, there were more Red Wings fans in the crowd, all packed <laughs> up sardines in their their 4,000-person arena. I don't even think, have they even sold out a game yet? Four- I, don't, I don't know, but they only had 4,600 for the uh, Detroit game, and I think 3,000 wasn't Detroit fans. I might even go a little bit more than that. It was kind of really weird. Um, and part of that is because the Wings do have a couple of prospects playing in Arizona State, so they might get a little bit of following through that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, this is this is a game you have to win. And, you know, Larkin comes out, he sets a tone, you know, earlier in the, second, or in the first period, gets a nice goal from Sider and Bertuzzi. Um, you know, I actually thought that was that was Sider's goal, but Larkin ended up getting a stick on it. But they came out, but then, you know, shortly, just, you know, shortly after that, um, Arizona ties it up. I mean, they Detroit just couldn't hold on to that lead. I mean, that's that's an issue, again, that they struggle with is either playing from behind or not being able to, to finish a game. Third period, the Wings came out. They put two unanswered goals up. Uh, you know, but then last, you know, towards the end of the period, Arizona comes down and and evens it up. And again, you got to finish games. You can't, you can't let the games, I mean, you battle through the entire game and you just gotta, I I mean, you got to finish this game out. They end up losing it in a shootout. Um, you know, it was, uh, Helberg's first shootout. You, You could tell, I mean, he just, he did not look good or comfortable in that. He was very shaky. Um, he made like a diving attempt at one. I mean, just very erratic. And it's just his inexperience in shootouts. So that- I tell you what, though, that overtime I was the most exciting overtime I've ever seen since they since they started this three on three. And it didn't you know, start it, that way. Well, I mean, it, it was it, lopsided in the beginning. Yeah, I mean, Arizona had the puck for the first two minutes, I think, or maybe close to three. It was full but, two, two, two and a half minutes. But yeah. I, I, I'm, you know, I've always seen, but you know, saying how boring overtime is, and it's like the first, it's like football overtime where 
whoever has possession first usually wins because they had the possession and then they shoot and score. Well, you know, the, I have to kind of eat my words on this. I mean, for the most part, all overtimes are like that. But this overtime, I don't know what got into these two teams, but man, that was just back and forth. After yeah, the they first, just, I mean, minutes. the goalies were putting on a clinic during the shootout. I mean, there were there till was, the shootout. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it wasn't just scoring. You know, what it wasn't just shots on net. It was the amount of scoring chances in a matter of a minute and a half. And, and there was actually defense in the overtime, too. I mean, oh, yeah. some breaking up some plays. And, and I think uh, Cider or Raymond, um, one, one of them, I don't remember which one, made a great play right in the, right in the slot area to break up a, a pass. That might have, I'm not going to say it was a good was Mo. But, yeah, I mean, that was a game that they should have had. I mean, the Wings came out of there, and they were, you know, they were pissed off. I mean, Jake Wallman said it just like that. He came out, and he goes, we're pissed off. I'm pissed off at that if that, at that game. We win that game. We need to win that game. And, you know, they were embarrassed. So now they're on a three-game losing streak on their road trip, and they've got Vegas and Vegas. Now, Vegas is a hot team. They're playing well. And, you know, Eichel... You know he's he's not been playing very well since he came back, which you know, Buffalo, you un, you know that, but <laughs> but he did he, he did. Dose is back. Welcome, Dose. Boy, look at the excitement there. Sorry, I. But anyway, um, yeah, the Wings find a way to come through and they win the game. I mean, that's that's a game that they needed to win. The Wings end up winning. They end up coming through, and. You know, it, it's it's a good weight off their shoulders to beat a decent team on the road, and you know they got a, you know, a couple of days off. You know, I'm back at it. We'll get into it, but they just need plain and simple. They need to get points when they can get points, and they're just they're not doing it. Is that your, the end of your uh, recaps? Yeah, yeah, that's the end of it. All right. Well, I guess. Uh... I guess let's go into the Sabres recaps and then I'll wrap it up with the Preds. Not that I really want to hear the Sabres recaps. Why not? What happened? <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh was right. What a week, what a week, what a week. I was 50% on my uh, guesses for the week. I said we were going to win all four. We won two and lost two. But the one that matters, we won versus Predators. And did we ever win? 5-3 win. Um, Ocaposo had a shorthanded game-winning goal. Quinn, Cousins, Skinner, Olsen are the other goal scorers. UPL gets his seventh win in eight starts. That was the game I was supposed to be at, but obviously I wasn't. It was a good game. Sabres played well. I don't have much more to say. Uh, moving on to Florida game. Second straight week on uh, Monday, uh, the, uh, the Sabres just flopped. Alex stuck with the only goal, 4 1 loss. <laughs> Somebody take the keyboard away from this man, please. The uh, only thing I can say is the second straight Monday after a Sunday Bills game, that's all I can think of. I don't know why they keep flopping on Mondays, but uh, moving on to. Tuesday versus Chicago. They played well for 55 minutes, had the lead. 
gave up a goal the goalie pulled to make it 3-3 and then lost in overtime 4-3. Olsen, Tate, Thompson, and Krebs were the goal scorers. Uh, and then we'll move on to last night. 3-2 win in overtime. <clears throat> Incredible pass by Darlene to Cousins for the overtime game-winning goal. Unfortunately, it was the net on the opposite end of the arena for me, so I didn't get to see it. But watching it on video afterwards, it was an amazing pass. Tuck and Olsen with the other two goals <clears throat> last night was incredible. Uh, I got there at 6 o'clock for the Ryan Miller banner raising. Uh, lots of old-timers. We'll get to those later. But, um, yeah, it was just an incredible night. And it topped off with the overtime win. Made it that much better. It was a goaltending clinic, too. So it made sense that Ryan Miller Knight would be a goaltending clinic. But that was our week. I guess we can start with Pred recap. So, um, well, um, the first game, I don't, well, they were at home. So I can't say they must not have. Uh, Got off the plane because I don't think they showed up for that game. But then they had Calgary, and I thought they were going to lose that game, but they came up with a huge two to one win. Um, I don't know what's going on with Calgary. Um, but um, before we, you know, get into the Columbus game, uh, <clears throat> we were talking about the Predators and you know how how they're. Their physical, their identity now um, is more physical and hitting. Um, Jeannot leads the, or not leads, he's third in the NHL with 157 hits. And Jeremy Lausanne is fourth among defensemen uh, with 129 hits. Um, and that was going into the Columbus game. And <clears throat> the Columbus game, the Predator. They actually look good. Um, it was kind of back and forth. Columbus did kind of control the play. But for the most part, you know, the Predators really, really, really got it together, I think. Um, you know, and, and uh, I just want to say, you know, Forsberg, he's he's really uh, get a little, getting in his little, um, I don't, I don't want to say cocky, but kind of um, get get that swagger back because he, he attempted the Michigan. Um, the Columbus goalie, I mean, he, I think he's a rookie, actually. He uh, he made an unbelievable glove save on that one. Um, kind of wish that whoever, Zegris, uh, I don't remember who he scored on that against. I was kind of hoping that, that kind of wish that goalie would have done that, but but that's the way it goes. But then, um, you know, Lankinen gets uh, – he, he played again in the Columbus game. Um, that was his 10th start of the season. And, la to, and to compare with last year, uh, no save, Rick. I mean, big yeah, – I don't know what it was. Big save, no save. I don't know. They call him Big Save Dave, but I, I call him No Save Dave. Uh, but Riddick, uh, he's now on uh, – one. Winnipeg, I believe it is. Uh, last year at this time, uh, actually last year, his 10th start didn't come until April. So 
the Preds are starting to play their backup a little more. I don't know if it's giving um, giving Saros more rest. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. They're trying um, to find their number one goalie. Well, Saros is not a number one goalie, but I guess he just needs. I don't know. I, I guess. I guess you need to play your backup more. I don't know. Um, but, you know, Cody, Gla- Cody Glass, he uh, he continues his hot streak. He scored again. And, um, they, you know, the Preds, they, they actually they finally scored. It was actually uh, like a... Uh, what was it zero zero or something? But they 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 didn't score till the second period, um, and then uh, and a, a former wing, Gustav Nyquist or Gus Nyquist, Gus, yeah. he's in Columbus. He uh, he cut the lead, um, or actually he oh he tried he tried to cut the lead uh, in half on on a penalty kill, so he had a good shorthand opportunity, but. Um, um, but uh, I think he passed passed that up uh, passed that opportunity up. He probably should have shot instead. Of, um, but you know the Preds power play. You know they're s- still struggling. They they need to fix that power play. I don't know what the answer. I guess maybe they need to get another coach to to work on the power play. I don't know. It, obviously the the power play coach is not not doing the job because uh, the struggle is just bad. Um, the, uh, but then uh, Yak, the Yak of Trent made it two to nothing. And then uh, the Preds held on literally pretty much in the third period um, with that two to one win. Um, but, it's, you know, and, um, you know, Hines, he continues to, Messed the lines um, in that game, the Columbus game. He had Forsberg, Glass, and Duchesne uh, for the top line. It's like he—he's always changing the lines. He needs—he needs to keep, you know, set the lines. You know, get get the lines straight. You know, consistent. You know, instead instead of juggling all the time. Um, but um. Also, you know, I was kind of hard on Ekholm, and you know, last episode I was putting it out. Maybe, maybe it was time to trade him, um, but because because he, he's only got like eleven points in the season, but he's, I guess you, you can't. I mean, he's he's a defenseman, and you you can't really judge you can't judge a player necessarily by the score sheets. You know what he's you know by by points. You know, obviously, some players are going to get a lot of points. That's their thing. Some players, um, some players are just you know they're better. They they do what they want to do. Their play doesn't you know it doesn't doesn't show on the score sheet. And you know, Matthias Ekholm um, is point. He's he was making uh, in the Calgary game and the Columbus game. He was making some great defensive plays. I don't know how many times in the Columbus game he broke up uh, a pass or or a shot in the slot area, and 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 that's what they need because they're giving up so many shots. And you know he 
how many times he did that in his game, and it and it kept uh, Columbus from even shooting the puck. So yeah, and I, so. I I have to agree and disagree at the same time. I mean, this is the NHL. You want guys that can put points on the board. You know, even if it's an assist, and I, I, I kind, I kind of felt that way about Mo Sider this year, because he was more. I, I felt like okay, he's regressing, um, and he's not. You know, he's just not. I don't say regressing, but he's just not all the hype he was last year. And I get it; he was a rookie last year, but he's still putting up points. It may not be as many, but he's making the plays. He's a shutdown D-man, but he's putting up some kind of points for the team. I mean, that's what that's what defensemen do. I mean, that's what you need from a defenseman. Um, so, I mean, I, I agree and I disagree. I mean, I think that it's, it's, it's obviously important to block shots. I mean, that's just stating the obvious. I don't have to explain that. Um, but you're right. You can see when guys are out there making plays. But at the end, of, I mean, you're not going to get a, a Makar. You know, he's he's a generational type D man. I mean, the kid's incredible. You never know if he's on offense or defense. But you know, the NHL is starting to get a lot more defenders who are, you know, how many goals? How many goals does Ekholm have? Five. He's actually got five. He actually scored uh, last night his fifth goal. I mean, how many how many points does he have? That was his seventeenth uh, point. He's got five goals and twelve assists. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna jump over on Dose's train here for a second. So you've got Charlie McAvoy, who has twenty four. I'm sorry, twenty seven points right now. And Boston is. I mean, the whole the the entire Boston team is coming together, which I think is Jim Montgomery. To be honest with you. Um, I think he was a great hire. I think he was just a great pickup because the guys are playing great. I mean, they didn't make tremendous changes in the offseason. They still have the core of their guys from several years in a row. Um, but he made a difference. But I'm I'm looking at this, and you've got Clifton is right around where, uh, what do you call it, Ekholm is. Now, would you say that Ekholm is the same caliber as, as Connor Clifton, or would you think he was a little bit better? Uh, I don't know much about Clifton, so. I mean, that's that's what I mean. Like, you've got a guy who you're, you're paying pretty good money to play for Nashville, and he's being compared to a guy that you don't even know. But the, uh, you know, it, it, as you said about, you know, putting points up, not everybody can put points up. And they and, and the Predators have enough players, mainly forwards, that should be putting up points. Um, so and, that's why it's called the rebuild. And that, they have to do a rebuild. And there you are with that rebuilding. But I just want to, you know, I just, you know, at home, I think with with all the forwards, you know, and, and offensive talent that could be scoring goals, it let him play his style. Which I mean, he, he yeah, he he's more. I think he's more known as an offensive defenseman just because he's put up numbers in the past. But I think he's more of a defensive defenseman. 
Um, not like that big, heavy guy defenseman that never scores goals and just sits back and plays defense. But, you know, he his game is to to take away those passing opportunities and passing lanes and, and hitting, you know, he, he had a few, few good hits that, you know, knock him knocked off, knocked Columbus players out the puck in the corners. Sure. And, and, and that, that, and I'm not, and I'm not bashing, turnover. I'm not bashing at home. I'm not saying he's a terrible hockey player, but he's, I mean, I, I'd have to see his salary hit. I mean, we talked about this last year, and I think he's making pretty pretty significant money. And it was like five million. Um, I think it goes up to six but, million but next year. But that's what I mean. I mean, you're paying this guy a lot of freaking money. But a lot of time, I mean, there's you're, but a lot of times so you much play more to the position than just putting points on the board. I, I but a lot I of times agree with you. But a lot of times you you pay players further defensiveness, like. Well, he's a defender, of course. I, I, I don't his defensiveness. I don't. We're not, talk, we're not well, talking well, forwards. I don't care. Forward. I don't care. But about you're saying not, you're saying he's making that kind of money. He should be scoring goals. I didn't say scoring but, goals. I said putting up points. Funny, well, that's basically the same thing. But you know, like you realize, if he takes a shot on goal and it gets put, the rebound gets put in, he gets an assist on that. Well, yeah, but so I'm that just, means he's not putting pucks on the net. And as a as a defenseman, you would expect that. I mean, that's what good. Well, not are. always. I mean, I mean Yossi. Yeah, you can expect that from Yossi, but I'm He's just a saying good defenseman. I'm just saying, you know, at home, you know, it, it it it. I I think with all the players around him, it takes a lot of pressure off him to score goals or you know points. But you're not. You're not winning but, all these games. You're not putting up a lot of points. So you need but, that effort from everybody. But anyway, I mean, I'm going to I'm I'm using Boston as an example. They are are putting points up on every aspect of the ice, and that's why they're winning every game that they play. Well, not almost every game. But anyway, um so moving on, you know, and then you know, they ended that three-game uh, win streak or three-game home stand uh with, with two wins, and then they moved to St. Louis. It's just, just just a quick road trip. Um, I I kind of think they forgot to board a plane because they just totally were not in that game. I mean, it was just another bad, typical same old Predators. You know, bad loss. You know, they didn't. They didn't. You know, it was pretty much a blowout loss because they scored. You know, Nashville scored their. Well, it was five to two, but it was like late in the third period when they scored their second goal. But they just didn't contain, you know, the Blue Stars. You know, and the Blues are having that up and down season. But you know, Braden Shen, Brandon Saad, and Jordan Cairo showed up and scored scored the goals. Um, so you know, just a matter of you know. Who you know what stars showed up and the Predators stars didn't. Um, the only two goals were Colton Sissons and Ekholm. Um, and you know the shots on goals. You know they're still getting up way too many shots. It was thirty-three twenty-six as uh, in St. Louis's favor. Um, so they they gotta they gotta start playing. You know. Locking it down and not giving up them shots. 
but that's that's it for the recaps. Um, what do we want to move into now? Do we want to go into the uh, some stories? You want to jump right into the to the hideout? But let's let's go into the, to Brian's hideout, and then we can hit some NHL news. He's got some exciting stuff. Yeah. So as I was saying earlier, last night was the retirement or the uh, banner raising, excuse me, for Ryan Miller. Um, played. Many, many seasons with Buffalo. Never won a cup, obviously, with us. But uh, so there, I was there last night for the banner raising, and it was incredible. The amount of former players that were there, Tim Connolly, Derek Roy, I, I can go on all night. Um, it, was a, it was just great seeing all those players. Um, <clears throat> Ryan, his wife. His son and daughter were there. Uh, his parents, his two brothers, and his sister were there. Uh, it was an hour, almost an hour-long presentation. Sabres did a really nice job presenting it, having him go out on the ice or out by the banner while they raised it. Um, I don't know what else to say about it, but if you weren't there, you missed out because it was incredible. I mean, I know a few guys were fans of him growing up, but I was, and so it was real touching. And I just want to mention this. Um, <clears throat> I know he's uh, from Detroit or played in Detroit area, I think. East um, Lansing, Michigan. But he, um, his first game, um, and uh, this uh, was – told by uh, Chris Osgood, who's now a commentator for the uh, Detroit TV. He uh, he was saying that um, Miller played his first... Uh, I, I don't think it was his first game. He played... Because wasn't Miller... Oh, yeah, it was. It was uh, yeah, he was playing with Buffalo, but Osgood was on the Islanders at the time. And Osgo said he they won the game, and I think he said it was overtime, one and nothing. And he was just telling, you know, he's, that was his. I think he said it was Miller's first game, and it was two thousand two, two thousand three. I think he said. Sounds about right. Um, but he uh, he was saying how great he was, he, you know, his first angel star, and I mean, one nothing in in overtime was. I mean that's you know for your first game and besides you know Osgood had some really good good words to say on, on that telecast so I just want just want to throw that out yeah um so we were talking about Miller yeah the uh, they had also had a video from uh, Donna McCashick which obviously the only other goalie whose banner is raised to the rafters of the arena so you're welcome um, what what do you mean we we're gave him only- you. We gave him a Stanley Cup. So you should tell him you're welcome, not me. Don't tell me. It doesn't affect me any. Makes no, me you, mad guys, you guys are putting a Stanley Cup champion's banner up in your, in the rafters. Not for the work that he did for you. He did it for us. Yeah, just no goal. We'll just, I'll just say no goal and we'll, we'll move on. I agree. I agree. <laughs> that's what it, it was. It was, no, it was no goal. So moving Uh-oh. on. <clears throat> Uh, the Sabres 
they're playing okay right now, obviously. They still have five players with one point per game. I don't know how the other teams in the league are doing, but five players with a point per game, that seems pretty high to me. I don't know. And uh, on the Eichel versus Tuck watch, uh, we actually had some news this week. Last Was it last night you guys played them? After the yeah. game, their coach called out uh, key players for their performance. Prob- my guess is probably to get a rise out of the team in general, but he said Jack needs to be better for the team. Uh-oh. So, yeah, I don't know what that was all about. but Trying try to light a fire under him? Now uh, he's going to probably score a million goals, and it's probably just the precursor to that happening. But uh, in the watch, Tuck currently has 22 goals, 26 assists for 48 points in 44 games. Eichel has 15 goals, 19 assists in 34 games. Or 34 points for 33 games. So they each have over a point a game. But uh, obviously, I'll take the Iron Man all day. I'm still winning. I feel that we're still winning the uh, trade. That's all I got this week. I do all have right, some and... wings news quick. Okay. Um, Bertuzzi was yet again injured for the third time this year. Um, undisclosed lower body injury. Um, kind of thinking his days are numbered in Detroit. I could be completely wrong, but he can't stay healthy. He's not producing. He looks out of sorts. He doesn't, he just, he hasn't come back from a rehab stint of any of his injuries and looked the same. And I get sometimes injuries that happens. Um, but that's an issue. Like he, he's not making passes. He can't stay on his feet. There's just a lot of not good signs right now, but he's out again for unknown. It's supposed to be short term, but lower body. I mean, he could play tomorrow for all I know, <laughs> but I haven't seen anything else, but that's the only update I have. Verona's still down in uh, Grand Rapids as well as Nedeljkovic and they're talking about possibly bringing Nedeljkovic back up to Detroit in the next couple of weeks, and then uh, trade him. No, they might. They might. Who knows what's gonna what's gonna happen? But um, he's doing very well in Grand Rapids. We'll see what happens. And well, we're pretty much. Well, actually, I think a lot of teams are just past the halfway point. Even though I don't think we have the All Star game yet. I think that's coming up. In a few weeks, um, not that it really matters, but uh, just a just a quick uh, mid-season assessment. Um, I don't know some surprises, uh, both good and bad. Um, you know, Carolina's leading the Metropolitan Division with sixty-four points, and New Jersey—that's probably a surprise. They're right behind them uh, with sixty-two points. Um, and then you got Columbus, uh, who's in dead last of that division um, with 28. So um, sticking with the Metropolitan Division, is there any you got any surprises? Teams, you know, good and bad, good good surprises or bad surprises? Um, I don't know if I would call them surprises, but you know, I just think that. You know, I think Boston, and again, I'm not saying this because Dose is here. Boston is. Oh, well, he left. Me. 
No, that's that's fine. But Boston is a surprise to me. I did not. I mean, they're aging. They're older. Um, they're the oldest average age in the NHL. I mean, they're an old team, but they're just killing people. Like I, I had them on the fritz. I think I actually, before the season started, I think I had them last in the division. How wrong was I? My credibility goes out the window with that one. I'll have um, to pull that episode up again and uh, yeah, see what I just, ranked. I, I just, I, I saw Boston. I'm like, man, they didn't really do anything to their lineup, and these guys are getting older. But yeah, um, they're. Their leading the Atlantic Division was seventy six points. They've only got five losses. Like, but that... the Devils surprised me. The the two teams that surprised me probably the most are the Devils and the Avalanche. One for positive, one for negative. Uh, the Devils, I I just think being a young team that they are, I think they've come a long way, and. You know, I I think Lindy's done a great job in in New Jersey, and um, yeah, they're a surprise team to me. Um, but also Colorado, like they they're coming off a cup year. They've been playing okay hockey. I know they've had some injuries. I know they've had some injuries, but you know, again, injuries happen. You just hope it doesn't happen to your stars. But you need to have a well-rounded team to be able to, you know overcome when a star goes down and you know they're they're teetering on the outside you know they're they're just outside the wild card position and you know they, they'll, they'll probably be in obviously I mean they're they're playing good hockey again now and they're starting to get healthy but just seeing Colorado on the outside looking in kind of surprises me a little bit I thought they'd be much better this year well, they are sitting fourth in the central with uh 49 points uh they're you know Minnesota's in third with fifty four. So I mean, they've I, also got a few games in hand over. They the can still. Teams. They, well, um, they're three games behind most of the. Forty three. They played forty three games. Minnesota's played forty four. Right. Most teams are forty. Um, Dallas played forty seven. Um, but my surprise in the West would be Seattle. They're leading. They're actually tied with Vegas. Um, uh, fifty eight points. Um. They're a strong team. Um, yeah, and of course, team just you know, Anaheim, Anaheim is, you know, they're last again. And I, I heard, I don't remember where I had them. I'm going to have to pull that episode up and jot down where, <clears throat> where our predictions were. Um, but I thought I heard that Anaheim might be a good team this year, but uh, I don't know. Who I I don't remember who, where I heard that or if, if I even did hear it, but um, they're just I guess they're still in that rebuild. And then um, of course, like then your you, team should be. You no, know, yeah, we we go in there a lot. Um, but then you know, Vancouver, they're I don't know what's going on with them. They they're it's like they're stuck in a in a rebuild the last ten years. It seems like they're they're sitting six in the in their division. With 39 points, and um, I think a lot of that has to do with um, not being able to hold leads. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it's almost like a, a kind of a, a running joke in the league this year. Um, they've blown multiple goal leads, which multi goal leads, like three, four. I, you know, if the that's what they mean by multiple goal leads, like a three goal lead or a four goal lead. Um, they've done that eight 
times this year. And that's not even the record. Um, they're, they're probably going to blow that record away. The 1986-87 Canucks did it nine times. And the NHL record is 13. Any guesses of what teams they are? Detroit. Uh, the 2013-2014 New York Islanders mm-hmm. and the 1986-87 New Jersey and Detroit. Yep, the Dead Wing they era. They both did it in that year. That's when Detroit got good. You know, they got all their bit draft picks and and uh, and became you know elite. No, well, started. It started the path. That's that's um, about where it started when they brought Eisenman and all those guys in. Kind of like um, the Penguins, you know, around that time too. But that's like the most infuriating thing to watch. As a hockey fan, you're watching a game, and I, and I remember watching games where, you know, Detroit might be up four to nothing or four to one. It's like okay, it's safe to, you know, run to the store quick and come back because they're up they're up three goals. So I'm you know I'll be I'll be real quick. You come back and it's, you know, five four. It's like well, what the hell just happened? I was gone for ten minutes. And everything just blew up and turned upside down. It's the most furious. It, it it's infuriating when your team is up by a significant amount of goals and you lose. It is so frustrating to me. And the Wings have done that plenty of times. But and we're not just talking like a three to two and you lose it four to three. We're talking like. You know, you have a 4-1 lead on a team and lose that three goals or more. And it sounds like the Predators, well, the last few years or even way back, I think we've all had that um, that moment where we've given you up. You just a need Lavi back. You need Poyle gone, Lavi back, and you yeah, well, where you need to be. We need to get rid of Poyle first. Um, but, you know, I know we kept harping on him last season, calling him the drunk and everything, although he's, you know, I, I know I, I made fun of him, but it's just all good because, you know, I, I kind of like You're him. You're doing it for the um, ratings. Robin Leonard, um, he, he filed for bankruptcy, um, and I just, you know, hopefully he can get things back to. I I don't know what's going on with that part of it, but hopefully he can get his life back in 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 order again. I mean, it's just it's got to be hard. I mean, just think about when we were nineteen, twenty, twenty-one years old. If somebody walked by me and said, "Hey, kid, here's here's three million dollars," you know, have fun. Yeah, maybe his uh, at twenty-one finance- years old. Maybe his financial know. advisor or agent kind of steered him wrong. I don't Maybe know. Maybe he didn't have one. Oh, yeah, I guess so. But, you know, and that's, I mean, this is any sport. I mean, you get to a point in a sport where you NF- have, NFL you is have known so for much, that. Yeah, but you get so much money. So much money. Like, yeah, it's nice to have the cars. And maybe it's because Mr. Poverty stricken Rant and Ron over here um, is talking. But if I were to ever come in that kind of a sum of money, I'm investing it. I'm diversifying my portfolio. Like I know this isn't a financial podcast, but I'm gonna do everything I can to maximize my returns when when I have the money. Because at some point in my life, I want to. That is the most incredible sound you made. You couldn't do that again if you wanted to. But at some point, like you're gonna retire, and I just don't understand like 
how you can be go bankrupt. Like it just doesn't make sense to me. It just doesn't make sense. Think about it, Dilov. If you had, you know, five million right now, like sure you're gonna go splurge a little bit. You might buy a nice house. You might buy a nice car. But I mean, would you put yourself in a position where you are gonna go bankrupt? Well, you know, I I like to say this because you know I'm I'm older, so I you know older old the older you wiser. get, the wiser you get, just because of experience and stuff like that. Um, I you know when I was twenty, I probably would have blown it all. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe I would like to think I was be smart enough when I was twenty some to invest some, but I'd probably I'd You're probably a good portion of it invest a good you know th- three three and a half million or maybe even four million because. A million. If I if I spent, you know, I could easily spend a million dollars and be happy, and and then you know, I'd live live on that, you know, and and then invest the rest. But maybe we'll be, you know, there's some podcasts out there where they're making that kind of money. Maybe it'd be us in in, in a few years. Yeah, you never. I mean, you never know. But but again, it's just crazy, and I, and I get it. Everyone comes from different walks of life. Everyone comes from different backgrounds, and um you know, beliefs and thoughts and all that stuff. And, but I just, you know, it's, it's hard to see somebody, you know, he's, he's had a lot of struggles and I kind of feel for the guy because, you know, he's kind of been tossed around the NHL and I actually think he's a pretty decent goalie. I was not going to be upset if he landed in Detroit. That wouldn't have upset me. That wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world. I think he would have been a solid rotational goalie. And I use the term rotational because I think he has the ability to be a starter when he's on. Um, and when he's off, I think he needs to sit and let the other goalie in. So I think he's a good rotational goalie. You know, a lot of goalies are like that too, though. Yeah, but no, they're not. I mean, he's he's on the upper upper side of a – I mean, he would be your number one. I mean, as, as far as being, you know, like I, as far as being off, you know, if a goalie's off, they're going to be off. But that, yeah, but I mean that's that's okay. I mean, would you? But think about this: Would you rather have? So let's say you're in a you're in a playoff game. We'll say game six. We're not going to make it dramatic and say game seven, one minute to go. But let's say you're in game six in a three to two, or you know, yeah, three to two game. Like the series is three to two, and Soros goes down injured in the second. In the second period. Well, that kind of happened. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, would you rather have a guy like Robin Leonard come in, or would you rather have a guy like David Riddich come in? Oh, that's Leonard. Uh, you know what? How I feel about Riddich. I know, but that's <laughs> but that's what I mean. That's that's what I'm saying. Is I think Leonard can win you games in a scenario like that, and I know that doesn't happen every day, but it has happened, and it does happen. And I think he could get you wins as a starter. So, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm getting long winded here, but I think that Robin Leonard has kind of been dealt a short stick. He was put in a very awkward and terrible situation with Pete DeBoer in, in Vegas last year. I just, I, and we don't know the, the whole story. DeBoer, right, but, DeBoer, the goalie killer. Right. But I mean, we don't know the whole story, but this guy needed a surgery and, and Vegas chose, I mean, this is a young kid. This is, I mean, I look at my kid, he's 16. And if he, you know, if he made it to upper echelon of hockey, let's say he's 20, 23, 24 years old, 
and he comes to me and he says, Dad, I got to have this surgery or, or I might not walk again when I'm 40 years old and they don't want me to have it. As his father, as his mentor, I'm going to tell him, go get the surgery. We'll figure the rest out later because hockey is only for a brief portion of these guys' lives. That's it. They only get a few years in this league and then they're thrown to the curb and it's time to figure it out. It's time to have a real life and do real things. And you're now you're asking this guy in, in Robin Leonard, hey, listen, you're playing great hockey. We need you to keep playing. I don't care what kind of injury it is, and I don't care if you walk ever again. I need you to win these games now. He did the right thing. He said no. He stepped out and goes, no, my health is more important to me. And again, I'm taking that at face value. I don't know the backstory. But he ran into some demons. He was you know, hitting the bottles a little bit too much, you know, in Buffalo, he, he kind of shook that and, and moved on to New York where he had this resurgence with the Islanders and he played great. And they were actually upset when, when he went to Vegas and I mean, the rest is history. And now the guy's claiming bankruptcy. I just think he had a, I just think he had kind of a, you know, kind of a crappy hand dealt. And it's hard to say that, you know, being, on the borderline poverty myself and looking at a guy that's been making millions and had the high times in his life, but it's a game and he just had some bad choices to make. And, you know, he did what he had to do. And we got a little sad news in the hockey world. Um, I don't know if you remember him. He's played, you know, back in the, uh, the 90s, um, but uh, Gino Ojic, uh, he passed away at the young age of 52 years old. He's just a few years older than me. Uh, he had a heart attack. Um, so, God, uh, just never know. You know, you know, right, you know, prayers to his family and and his, and his loved ones. And God bless his family, and hopefully they can get through this hard time. But he, uh, you know, most of it, you know. If, People remember he was the Vancouver Canucks. Um, he was a fifth-round draft pick by the Canucks in 1990. Uh, and then he played with the Islanders and the Flyers and finished his career in Montreal. But he had a pretty good, pretty good, uh, you know, you always think of him as, you know, kind of like that. Um, I, I, not a goon, more of like a defensive, you know, checking checking player, you know, back, you know, back when they had checking lines, um, like the fourth line, um, he played 605 NHL games and he had 64 goals and 73 assists. Um, he did have 2,500 penalty minutes. Um, but you know, that's, that's not, you know, 64, I mean, 605 games, but still, you know, 64 NHL goals in in a time when scoring was kind of hard to do back in the 90s, you know. But no, I just want to, <clears throat> you know, bring that out. Um, so God, God rest him and his family. And But moving on, some other news. Um, I don't know if you saw it. Uh, I put that in. I, I forgot to. For, forgot to uh, I forgot to um, post it to the Twitter, but uh, Trevor Zegras um, he scored a goal. Um, I believe it was against 
Boston. Yes, it was against Boston. Um, and then he chirps Frederick. And then Scrum erupted. And the video is on our Discord channel. See, I didn't um, see it that way. Um, but, well, you know, that's what... That's, I don't know. I just saw it. Read that he chirped. I don't. I couldn't hear what he so said. Frederick um, caught, him with a, caught him up high. You know, Frederick when he threw was an elbow zone. at him. Yeah, and he ends up scoring goal. a goal, and then he's jawing at at Frederick, and then they all come together. Then Marshan comes in, and he ends up getting a penalty. Um, you know, it's just Frederick. He he's. Uh, I mean, I don't want to. He. I didn't think he's. It said an elbow, but I, I mean, it might have been high. I don't know, but I don't think he's that. Maybe he is that kind of a player. I wish Dose was still here so we could get his thoughts on it. But I was watching another. Uh, um, I wasn't really watching the game, but I've seen other you know clips of the Bruins and Frederick plays and, a rough uh, game. Frederick was in rough. You know, he was rough on. You know. Playing some, I don't remember what team it was after that game, but he so he certainly pushes the limit. He, of he's he's kind of like a um, uh, what what's his name there from the um, uh, Lightning um, um, in the finals. Um, he's not there anymore. Uh, Perry, kind of like except for he doesn't score, but he's like that. Um. Yeah, I think Frederick's a little tougher though. The chirper, yeah. The well, he doesn't do Marshan. Marshan's the chirper. Marshan's that like little yippy dog in the background that, you know, hold me back, hold me back, hold me back. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you out, but I'm gonna be the first one to do a, you know, slew foot you or something. You know, Marshan's a big talker. He's not a tough guy. He's not a fighter. He's not a guy that, you know, he's not a heavyweight pound. Like you're not gonna see Marshan go against Reeves, and I and I bet you. That when when Reeves plays Boston, Marshand is in check. Guarantee it. I bet you if we go back and look at the stats, I bet Marshand was quiet as a as a dormouse. Because guess who he doesn't want to stand next to in the faceoff circle? And that's freaking Ryan Reeves, because Ryan Reeves would beat him into next Tuesday. So again, Marshand, you know, he just comes in, he's a yippy dog. Frederick's a little bit tougher. You know, he'll I think Frederick would throw down. He I mean he would throw down. Um but yeah, I mean this was all I mean, Zegris has a big mouth. He's he's a hot shot. He thinks he can, you know, I mean he's an incredible player, he's got incredible hands, he's got great skill, but he's arrogant and he's just got that kind of arrogant look to him. And I don't judge on look, so I'm not gonna he's back got that him. swagger. Yeah, I mean he has reason to have a little swagger. And, and again, I'm not going to bash his looks because obviously nobody can control that, but just the way he kind of presents himself when, you know, like what, why, why chirp so much that you start that type of a skirmish? Like why, why do that? Skate by the bench and throw some comments as you skate by the opposing team's bench, high five your bench and get back in the faceoff circle. The message will be there. The guys know you just threw a cheap shot. at me. just, Frederick, how'd you like that? I mean, just simple, simple chirp. But I just think he was in the heat of the moment, probably said some things he, to really get the, the game riled up, and it worked. I mean, it was an exciting little – we lose you, D-Law. Oh, I muted myself when I <laughs> – You are hacking up a lung, I bet. I thought I was muted, and I wasn't muted, and I hit the mute button. But um, So moving on to some attendance numbers, uh, just a few – 
quick ones uh, a lot. Uh, this is through the December 4th um, games. Um, uh, let's go with Detroit. They're averaging um, 18,226. Um, their arena holds, what, 18-something? Can't remember exactly. Yeah, I, uh, I, it's right around there. Uh, that is a 91.1% capacity. Um, that's the average. Uh, Nashville, their average was 17,263. That, that was a 100.9% capacity. Uh, Buffalo was a- average I of... A, I bet thir- that's a fire code violation being at 109% capacity. But go- no, that's a tenant. That's the average. That's what the... That's not what... You know, that's just the average number. That's not what, uh, you know, capacity on a game so the, basis. So they, they have more than that sometimes. Well, what I'm trying yeah, to say is, like, if you some, have if you have fifty seats, some and game and you fill fifty two of them. Well, some game. Oh that's, no, that's over hundred percent. They don't have standing room. Pittsburgh's got standing room. Nashville, not unless it's just. Playoff games. But, so how is Nashville? Well, how can they be at one hundred and nine percent? Well, that's just it goes by the average capacity. I mean, they 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 figure the average the average attendance, and then they. And I'm figure, not busting your ball. I, I'm, I'm, not, sure. I'm not sure exactly how the average how how they figure out the capacity, but I think it it, it deals with the average attendance. Gotcha. Yeah, because I wasn't sure, because I don't know, I've never been to Nashville, so I didn't know if they had, like, a little cupola area where that people, like, people could buy tickets to stand, like, maybe on a mezzanine uh, or something. They, they usually only do that for the playoffs. Gotcha. Uh, not okay. like, not like Pittsburgh, where they actually have the top row uh, is all standing room. I right. mean, it's not a lot. I mean, it's just like, just like a countertop, basically. I mean, I sat, it was gotcha. actually, it was actually they have flood but seats then, um, there too. Don't forget. Well, Wait, they, need it. they have flood seats where you have to lift your feet up so you don't get wet. Your feet wet. Come on, are they yeah. discounted? <laughs> they need it. With a... Oh, I thought you were talking about Nashville. But anyway, Buffalo's average through. No, I know. Those are front row. They tend to cancel games when water gets yeah, to knee level. Yeah. Well, anyways, through the average, uh, through this, um, again, through the December 4th games, um, the Buffalo's average was 13,634. That was 71.5% capacity. And then, um, I, you know, I, why I even brought this up is was to compare it with Arizona. Um, their, <laughs> their average... <laughs> I can't help it. Forty six hundred, and that's a ninety two percent capacity. <laughs> okay, and then uh, of course, then you got Montreal, who always seems to have a lot. Their uh, their average is twenty one thousand eleven, and they're at ninety eight percent capacity. Yeah, they've got a they've got a big following. Same with Toronto. Well, they're, 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 they're Arizona. I mean, it's just, 
I would be embarrassed. I would be so embarrassed. Montreal Arena also holds over. I think it's like twenty-one thousand. Same and thing. They, and they've Chicago. got this year, next year, and the following year playing at the Mullet Arena. Like that's just an embarrassment. Like and, you're trying to compete with a college team to play your games, and it's just. And you don't know. It might even be longer, depending on how how what goes on with that new arena proposal. But and then uh, you know, I, Ken, Ken Daniels goes. Hey, uh, hey, Ozzy, we might even have a chance at a puck here. Like, just indicating how freaking close the press boxes are because the arena is so small. Well, they used to do they they used to be that they used to be that close uh, way back when they had uh, you know the intimate buildings like the Odd. But right, um, before they even wore helmets, I don't. You're going way back. I didn't have the average numbers for Vegas, but their capacity is 103 percent. Uh, Washington's was 100.4%, and then Seattle was 100, 100.3% capacity average. So that's just, just some tenants and figures. Um, I don't want to go too deep into this next topic. Um, just want to bring it out. Um, I, I don't want to get too political on the show, but the Flyers even Provo Ivan. Ivan Provorov, I almost said that wrong. Uh, the Flyers were wearing their, you know, a lot of teams do that. They wear the, the warm-ups, uh, special warm-up jerseys. They, they were wearing the pride jerseys. Now, I wouldn't wear it just because they were ugly. God, they were ugly jerseys. Nothing to do with, you know, why, you know, the pride jerseys. But he decided not to partake in the in the warm-ups he did play in the game and Torella he said that he didn't even think about he didn't even have any I you know he didn't plan on sitting up because of that he had no, no. plans on and it and the NHL even came out and made a statement as well and so the flyers um, but Provorov stated he has Dory wise he did that is for because of his religious beliefs. So just gotta respect his you know, you gotta respect everybody's uh, you know, rights and, and feelings and opinions and you know, their you know, as far as uh, you know, their you know That's true. Everyone's got more, rights. I mean you know, this is America. You gotta just you know you can't just bash Provorov because of that. You know, you got, you got, you just like you, you respect the pride movement. You got to respect Provorov's too. That's right. I mean, it's a two way street, no matter which way you want to look at it. I mean, there's not, uh, you can't look at it as, Oh, he's, he's anti move like pride movement. And you can't look at it as, Oh, well he's, or they're like anti my Russian beliefs. I mean, it just, it doesn't matter. His, he, he said he was like his Russian Orthodox Catholic, uh, beliefs are what caused him to want to stand out of warm up. And nobody, I mean, you, you can't look at each other and say you're wrong. I mean, you just can't do that. That's being a hypocrite. When you point a finger, you've got three more pointing back at you. It's your right to do what you want to do. If you want to support the cause, that's great. That's your choice. If you choose not to do that, that's fine. Um, you know, the problem that everybody gets into is they start using I, 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 I. I think you. I think you. I think you should believe me. And it's not about that. It's about everybody. Everybody has their rights. I mean, there are certain rights that you, that you can't really infringe upon, and there's certain rights that 
our, our more beliefs and his belief is not to do it. He doesn't believe in it. And you can't, on the other hand, you can't be mad at him for not doing that. You know, if he was bashing the movement, go for it, you know, attack him, put down his character, but he wasn't, he was just simply standing up for his beliefs that are different than other people's and that's okay. But that's all I've got on it. I don't know if, if Buffalo Brian's got anything or Dan, you want to add to it? You know, it's a game of hockey. We all love it. Just enjoy it. Have fun. And the Flyers actually won that game anyway. Um, and, and that doesn't matter at the end of the day. And again, it, it's all down to beliefs and what and what that is. Well, they played the Ducks too. Um, but I don't know if I really want to go into some trade rumors, but I want to mention, um, I guess Timo Meyer has been a subject of trade uh you know, possibilities. Um, and I've seen, seen something possible, um, possible destinations if he does get traded. <clears throat> uh, there's seven teams um, that could be interested um, as far as this, this one um, article. Um, let me see what teams. Uh, the Devils um, were, were could be one of them, um, but the salary would be a consideration um, if they want to give Jasper Bratt uh, a, a raise in the summer. Um, and then you got the Rangers. Um, you know they could uh, <clears throat> they they could uh, make a play for them, um, but. Uh, again, comes on side. Can they afford them? And then another New York team, the Islanders. So it seems like maybe you know, maybe is that a good fit for them? For you know, in New York. And then, um, and then you know, the Jets. Uh, they've been they've been a talk um, to, to to maybe trade for him. Um, and then uh, of course Seattle, but I don't know if Seattle would want to make a trade because they're, I mean, they're playing, I don't think they need to move anybody. Uh, and then, uh, the Sabres, um, you know, they're, uh, this guy seems to think their, their playoff chances are dwindling. Um, I don't know about that. Um, but I, I, I don't know that, that, that would be an interesting fit. I don't know. Um, you know, he, uh, this guy says maybe he could be paired with Dylan Cousins on the second line, um, and then another another team, uh, the Red Wings. Um, that that's kind of interesting. Uh, I, I wonder what uh, um, that that was uh, the last team that was uh, could be a potential. Uh, place for him so yeah sticking with the Detroit uh and Timo Meyer I just want to see how Rat and Ron feels on that they you know how, how he'd feel about Timo Meyer uh in the Detroit jersey yeah I'm kind of torn on that I I just I I think Detroit's really trying to grow through the draft and you know I I know you're gonna have to bring guys in I mean that's just the way that the NHL works but Detroit's just not in a position yet. I mean, they're still outside the playoffs. Um, you know, they're not even like teetering that border of being in. I mean, they got to get through Buffalo. I mean, there's a couple of teams ahead of them. They're just not at that position yet to go dump a lot of money 
into a guy like that when they're not going to be making a run for you know probably a, probably a few years like a deep playoff run you know we all want it to be next year and you know i said last year that i didn't think detroit was going to make the playoffs this year i think they started out well i think they got a good feel for the nhl but everybody made adjustments and the game changed and i just don't think the red wings are in a position to go out and spend lots and lots of money and tying up all their cap on one or two two guys i mean they've been down that trap before um yeah i don't think at this time it would be now if you take now if the red wings were you know in the playoff hunt not a wild card spot but if they're in the playoff hunt and they've got that possibility to go to the next level then yeah maybe you make a play for them. maybe you, you offload some um you know a guy or two or you know play with the ahl guys and However, you got to structure the team to, to make it work, but I think you do that. But they're not there, so no, I don't think I don't think Meyer in or winged wheel is what Detroit needs right now at this moment. They got to keep building through the draft, become a contender, bring in vets like they did Perron and Cop and Osterly or not Osterly, Ali Mata. You bring these guys in to help mentor the young guys, and you grow. You're even Dylan Larkin. You grow Dylan Larkin. You grow. Um, Andrew Cobb, you grow, uh, Lucas Raymond and Mo Sider, Jake Wallman. Like these are young guys. You get them around the right people. You grow them into the next caliber NHL stars. So that's my take. No, I don't think, I don't think he's a good fit in Detroit at this moment. Kind of moving into a, a one of two kind of fun, fun topics here. Um, Let's. Uh, I see a list um, ranking the best NHL players and prospects under 23. Now, a player must be 22 um, or younger as of January 1st of this year to qualify. Um, so, the elite NHL player number one on the list is Rasmus Dahlin, and he was a draft number one in 2018. Um, then you got number two, you got Jack Hughes. Obviously, he was number one in 2019. And then they, they, the, they're they calling him the bubble elite NHL player and NHL all-star, Tim Stutzel of Ottawa. Uh, he was drafted number three in 2020. And then you got Andres Svechnikov, number four. For Carolina, he was number two pick in 18. And then another Buffalo Sabre, number five, Dylan Cousins. He was drafted number seven in 2019. And then number six, you got Matthew Beneers of Seattle. He was drafted number two in 21. And then, uh, kind of a surprise, Zegers way down at number seven. And, you know, we kind of mentioned him earlier. He was, but he was drafted number nine in 2019, which is kind of surprising. He didn't go higher than that. Um, then you got Moritz Sider from Detroit, number eight, and he was the number six pick in 2019. And then underneath the NHL All Star, you got number nine Cole Caulfield, They're ninth on the list. I mean, he was 15th pick. And then another Buffalo Sabre, number tenth uh, on the list, Owen Power. He was obviously the number one pick, as we all know, in twenty-one. 
And then the, the Islanders, Noah Dobson. He was the 12th pick. And then uh, Mason McTavish from Anaheim. Uh, Jake Sanderson from Ottawa. And then another New Jersey player, Luke Hughes. And Minnesota's Matthew Boldy. He's a prospect. And then a bubble NHL All-Star again, um, Yuri Slavkovsky from Montreal. Uraj. And then Logan Cooley from Arizona. And Lucas Raymond made the list for Detroit. And Bowen Byram. And Byron D- Bowen. Bowen Byram. And David Jurasek and Kondre Miller from the Rangers. Alexander Nikishkin or Nikishin. There's no there's no cat no Nikishin. N-I-K-I-S-I-N. Um and then you got Wyatt Johnson or Johnston. And then uh Seth Jarvis. And then <clears throat> rounding out the list, Quentin Byfield, Shane Wright, kinda ironic, Alexei Lafreniere, Kent Johnson. And Cole Perfetti. And then Kevin Korchinski. I feel like every one of those teams had a first-round pick, like number one overall at some point. Not all of them. I know Buffalo's won it a couple of times. The Wings have been snubbed so many times on that. Even when they were tanking and they were the worst in the league, they couldn't get that first overall pick. But I think they've done pretty well in the draft so far. I think Eiserman's had a pretty good couple of draft classes. We'll see what he can continue to do. And hopefully it just keeps the wings going and put more more guys on the list like that. Missed the playoffs for eleven straight years, you'll be the number one pick eventually. No, okay, that's that's fair. So who was number one on that list? Uh, Darlene? How old is Makar? I don't think I saw this. Talking about uh something about Patrick Maroon. Oh and Evander Kane. Yeah, so before the game Tampa Bay played uh Edmonton. Uh Patrick Maroon went out and seeked out Evander Kane before the game, telling him whatever moron. what he told him, but basically uh, probably We're gonna drop him. sorry, and uh, he was the one that cut Kane's uh, arm earlier in the year, which put him out for months. Oh no, kidding! That's yeah, funny. so it was a good. It was a good. Uh, see, I like that. I like stories like that. I'm not a big Evander yeah. Kane fan, but you don't want to see somebody get cut up like that i mean it's scary oh. stuff it's all sport it's a game um so yeah that's that's pretty cool that he did that that's cool dan who was number one on your list darlene that was actually a writer from uh i'm, I'm not gonna mention because we don't get paid for that but it's it was funny. A, a publication it's, it's funny how <laughs> darlene's number one but you can't make the all-star game because you know that's rigged well i don't Really See, my my question is though, my, my my question is so you've got all these guys joining or like on this list, but how old is Cal McCarr? You didn't mention his name. He's pretty young, right? He should be on that list. Uh he may, he just missed the cut. He's twenty four as of oh, October thirtieth. Okay. okay, that's why. All right. I was gonna say he definitely should be on that list, but yeah, that makes sense. If it's twenty three and under, then there's some pretty big impactful names on that list. And it just shows you the um you know the, the NHL is getting younger, and younger. I mean, it's in like back so you, 
back in the day, 23, 24, 25 was the average, you know, everybody was around that age. Now it's like you're a veteran at that age and you're about, um, you know, you're kind of like on, for, I mean, obviously, you know, you got the elite players, but then, you know, for a, the average player, they're kind of teetering out. At yeah, that, but I know. mean, you think about this, D-Law. I mean, every so many years, the torch passes on. I mean, you think about it back, you know, when I was a kid, it was the Gretzkys, the Messiers, you know, the Hulls, you know, those types of players um, who then eventually, you know, Steve Eiserman, you know, guys like that. Um, you know, fan B, the Beezer, you know, just you had a lot of good big name players. Then you kind of turn the path, you, you pass the torch. You've got your, you know, um, Mark Andre Fleury's, you've got your Sid Crosby's, you've got, you know, your Steven Stamkos's, Alex Ovechkin's, and now those guys are getting older. I mean, did, did, did anybody see Ovi's? mullet thing that he's got going it's kind of it's kind of funky it's like a a real salt and pepper flow looking thing um it's almost like a yager but anyway i mean these guys are getting older so now the torch is now being passed again to your macars your dalines you know those guys who are on that list of you know under 23s your zegrises stuff like that those are the next generation of players. Those are the guys that are going to be the next Crosby's, the next, you know, Mark Messier's, so on and so forth. Because, you know, I don't want to say NHLers are a dime a dozen because it's extremely competitive and hard to get into. But you can have, you know, guys get in the, um, like, do you do you remember a guy named Sean Burr? Does that name ring a bell? I remember the name, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's all he is. You just remember the name. He was just, he was just a player on, on a team in, you know, the 90s. Tim Day, same thing with the Red Wings. I mean, you just have some of these guys that are just kind of there. Like, like I, I, I would consider Tomas Tatar. I would consider Justin Applicator, uh, Gus Nyquist. Those guys are just kind of there. They're recognizable, but they're just there. But now you start talking about Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews and Sid Crosby. Now those are your elites. Those are your all-stars. And those guys on that list are your up-and-coming those guys. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, McDavid's still on the younger side. But these guys are the ones that are going to eventually replace them. And those are going to be the guys to watch. And then It's just cyclical. It's going to keep happening. And uh, I got another fun topic here. Uh, ranking the best goalie masks. Um, I, it's kind of hard. Cause I I should probably see if I can post some of these uh, on the uh, Twitter so we can actually see them. Um, see, but I think you can post the article on Twitter, but you, nobody can read it. Yeah. Um, but um, they they ranked. Uh, one to thirty-two, um, but they instead of in history or this year, uh, I believe it's current. Um, and and instead of instead of ranking every mask would be eighty-two goalies, they did it to the uh the primary starter or teams that aren't clear for a starter. 
they went with the goalie who's been playing the most. There was a three-person panel, uh, personal rankings. Um, and then uh, in the event of a tiebreaker, they went to the mask with the highest individual ranking. So starting with number 32, um, you got Alex Stalock. It wasn't. It's, it's just. It's all right. He he's plays for Chicago. Yeah, are you gonna go through all thirty-two of these? Well, because um, it it's gonna be real quick. Just because I just, we. Okay, I was gonna say I, I would just pick the top ten. Just because he's um because I you know it, you probably can't see the pictures too good. Um, then you got Jake Allen, Vidic Vanacek, number thirty. Jordan Benning, Bennington, uh, James Reimer, he's with the Sharks now, Connor Hellebuck, oh, that's kind of plain, oh, that's not bad, and then you got Phoenix Copley, or Copley, um, for the Kings, that's kind of just a, just got the Kings logo and splag, the Kings colors, um, yeah, I always like Beezer, uh, well, they, he doesn't, that was way back, this is just, Current. No, I know. And then you got Linus Allmark. See what you're talking about. That's the hard thing. Trying to find him. Uh, Linus Allmark, uh, Jonas Corpusello, uh, Jake Ottinger, Matt Murray, Sergey Bobrovsky, Alexander Georgiev, Carter Hart. Stuart Skinner, which I didn't think he was a starter, but he must be playing more with Edmonton. He's number 74, by the way. Is Brian Elliott still around? His helmet's badass. Uh, he's not on the list, I don't believe. Uh, Logan Thompson. Craig Anderson for the Buffalo Sabres, although I don't know if he's their starter, but he must be playing more lately. He was number 16 on the list. That's kind of cool. It's got this number on there. It's got the Sabres, the Buffalo, the it's blue. It's got the sword on the side, and he's got the little, the Buffalo and yellow, and he's got the Sabres uh, in the Buffalo written out. And then you got Ilya Sorokin, who's number 15, and then Thatcher Demko. Uh, Vili Huso of the Red Wings was number 13. I don't even know what his helmet looks like. Uh, it's just kind of plain. It's got the Detroit logo, the winged wheel. He's got his number up on top. I can't see that because it's right up on top of his head. And just it just the, the winged wheel logo. It's, it's nothing fancy. Not, I mean, I, I kind of like the Osgood helmets where it was just kind of plain. I think he just had like the red and white or whatever. Or maybe it was just white. He just had a red mask. It was like the Hashik mask. That was kind of cool. Uh, and then you got Tristan Jari, number 12. That's That's got a lot going on on his mask. Got a lot of different things on that one. He's got his name on the, on the nose, on the, the chin thing. Um, and then you got Mark andre Fleury, number 11. And then the top 10. UC Saros made the top 10. That's why we did all this suspenseful going yeah. from the top down. Just so we can oh, that's, the, number 10. That's, that's the way the article was. Uh, he's got the number 74 on there, kind of like me, but uh, I don't. that's a lot fancier than I just got the decals, the number decals. I, I should a get. mailbox sticker doesn't count. 
Well, it's, it was made by a Canadian thing, so I actually had a decals printed out. Uh, and then you got Anti Ranta, number nine. Cam Talbert, number eight. Igor Shesterkin, number seven. Andre Vasilevsky, number six. And the top five Carl Vemelka from the Coyotes. Kind of ugly, though. No, the, the helmet, not him. Well, though. He's kind of ugly, too, but I'm not judging. Uh, Darcy Kemper, number four. Uh, Philip Grubauer, third. And the top two. John Gibson. And the number one. Jacob Markstrom from the Calgary Flames. And there you have it. The best rankings according to the three panels on this publication. You said Markstrom? Yep. Jacob Markstrom. Okay. Um, so I guess we'll start with the Admirals. Uh, they're on a little bit of a slide. Uh, so last week, you know, Saturday, lost to the Texas Stars. Uh, five to four and five to nothing. Both games were in in Texas, back to back as usual. And then they returned home to Milwaukee to play Springfield Thunderbirds. Thought they didn't they have a team way back in the eighties? But anyway, they lost that game two to one. And then uh, earlier, uh, the twentieth Friday night, uh, they were at. Des Moines to play the Wild, the Iowa Wild, and they lost that one three to two. So they got a little uh, four-game losing streak going on, and, and then they play the Wild again uh, at uh, at uh, Iowa on Saturday, the twenty-first. And so that dropped because they lost those two games to the Texas Stars. That dropped down to second in their division with forty-five points, uh, Texas, and now with fifty. Um. But looks like Hershey, Hershey is still leading the AHL with 55 points. Um, and what anything on the Griffins or the Amherst? Not a whole lot with the Griffins. Um, you know, Nedeljkovic is still playing pretty well. Brown get got a goal against the Ice Hogs um, on Wednesday. So it's good to see that those guys are getting some good conditioning in. and um, But, yeah, the Griffins are, are still not incredible. Um, but that's okay because I'm more worried about Detroit as long as the – as long as they've got guys – they've got guys that are ready to come up in the NHL. So Well, I'd like to be excited about Milwaukee too, but Boyle would probably get rid of them before they make the, NHL, the Predators roster anyway, so – if Poyle survives another year, you guys are doomed. So how the Amherst uh, week will have been? Not good. Not good at all. Tonight they lost one nothing in overtime. Um, like a minute in the game when the goal scored. Um, Uh-oh. Wednesday, lost 5-2. to two. 
Last Saturday, they lost 7-5 to after being up 5-4 with six minutes left. During that game, uh, Malcolm Subban, the goalie, got a penalty. He either said something or... I know he broke his stick, but I don't know if he said something to the referees as well. After a goal was scored, he uh, flipped out. And next thing you know, there's a penalty call on him. So, not sure what happened there, but he has been having a rough week. After being 9-0, and he's lost his last four, three or four games at least. So, not good for the Amherst. Well, they're still in third. Uh, tied with Syracuse with 41 points. So, and they're starting to, you know, kind of lose their hopes for, you know, Toronto is slipping away, uh, but they're, they're still close to Utica for second in the division, so they still got hopes for that. I mean, they get hot, you know, maybe they can't catch Toronto, but um, I forgot, uh, I don't think we, I didn't see any really uh, fine suspensions in the NHL. Um, didn't see anything. I don't think there was any egregious uh, hits or anything that didn't that no, would I result that would result in a fine suspension. I didn't see. I didn't. I didn't see I any fine. Um. So I guess. Um. I guess that means we can move right into the recap or the not the recaps. We already did the recap. The previews. Um. Yeah, it's a short week for Detroit. I mean, they only have a few games. They've got Philly at home tomorrow. Um, I think they can win that game. I know Philly's playing pretty good hockey. I think the win against Vegas, they can carry that momentum. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a win against uh, Philly. Then they've got San Jose at home. You know what? I'm gonna think. I, I'm gonna go win, 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 win. Actually, I'm gonna go a loss at at the Islanders. I'm going to go win with Philly, which is tomorrow at 7. A win at, um, in Detroit against San Jose. Um, and then I'm going to go win at Montreal and a loss at New York Islanders. I think Detroit's going to get on a little bit of a hot streak. Just a feeling. It's a gut feeling. We'll see what happens. The guys are playing pissed off hockey. That's all I got for Detroit. Wait a minute. Um, so you got Philadelphia win. And then you got a San Jose win. win. Montreal win. Montreal win and Islanders win. Oh, Islanders is a loss. So you got at win, 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 loss. At Montreal and at Islanders. And then they start with the two home games and then they end. Yep, that's. And the Predators have three games. They got their, you know, back home after that St. Louis debacle. Uh, they got the Kings coming up. Kings are a strong team. Um, I think the Kings are going to win that game, so I'm going to call that a loss for the Preds. And then they got Winnipeg coming in. Winnipeg's a hot team, but it's a division game. I think the Preds are going to find a way to win again, um, just like they did the last time. Or when was the last time they played them? One, one of the last times they played them. Um, and then they got New Jersey coming in, who's just been on top, you know, we talked about them earlier. Um, that's going to be a, a prize loss. Moving on to the Sabres. Tomorrow we play Anaheim in Buffalo. 
That's going to be a win. I hope. It's red and black tomorrow, so they got to keep their streak alive. Well, In the no, they got starting a streak, actually. They lost. Yeah, they lost the last game wearing them, so they got to start a new streak now. But uh, Monday at Dallas, that's going to be a loss for sure. I'll probably be wrong, but whatever. I'll be glad about that. Tuesday, they have they play in St. Louis. I'm calling that a win. And then Thursday, they're at Winnipeg. I'm going to go with a win there. Stay on a win streak. So you think they're going to get hot and stay hot? Kind of like I would think about Detroit. I think they're going to finish out the little stretch here we have before the All-Star game. They're going to stay hot. Um, you know, one just, quick... just for... Oh, go ahead. One quick Amherst thing. I was wrong on which game it was. It was Wednesday's game where he got the penalty, but that's no biggie. Go ahead. So I was just going to say, just for the sake of going through and and Dose hopped on tonight, I'm going to go and give my predictions for Boston. San Jose win, Montreal win, Tampa Bay win. Uh, then we'll take it into Florida. That'll be a win. Carolina will be a win. And then February 1st will also be a win. Just thought I'd throw my two cents out there about Boston and just winning constantly. Well, they're bound to lose one of these times. Yeah, Everybody we've been hates that Boston. For, we've been saying that for months and months and months. Yeah. I mean, their their luck's bound to run out. I mean, it's just a matter of time, and they just keep proving everybody wrong. They're hot. They're they're a hot team right now. You can't take that away from them. I'm not a Boston fan. I don't like Boston, but you got to give credit where credit's due. They're playing good. I'll cheers to that. I give credit to Buffalo because they're the one that gave them the goalie. So I will give credit to Buffalo as well because I think they're a hot young team. I think they're going to be they're they're ahead of the curve in terms of the rebuild growth compared to like Detroit. So Buffalo's a fun team. They're a fun, energetic, fun team to watch. Nashville. <laughs> I'm not going to get into Nashville. You moron. You know, I really watched the game the other night against the Blues. Like I was telling you. And well, that's the game part, part of the problem. Watch. I mean, honestly, in a matter of one breakout, actually, in between whistles, we'll say. So, puck drop to the next whistle. The Predators probably had about seven or eight no look behind the back passes that were in, that were intercepted. Kind of like me, except for mine don't get intercepted. No, kind of not like you because they were intercepted and they're moving at 100 miles an hour. Well, <laughs> in beer league, that's pretty much the same thing. Beer goes in your own. Well, not. if that's you, if, yeah. If that's could you, you imagine? Then I'm Connor. I'm Connor Matthews. Could, could you imagine a hundred mile an hour pass in a beer league? Yeah, it'd that's what happens break, because people don't know break, how to pass. It'd probably break our sticks. We've had a guy on our on our team, and you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. Motorcycle guy. And he would take like five minute shifts. And it's like, dude, Uh-oh. get off the ice. I just got out here. No, we're halfway through the first period. Get off the ice. But his pass is like this this guy, like I called him slap happy. Because every time he touched the puck, it was just he'd hit it as hard as he could ice. He could be Two two inches in front of the net, he's winding up, swinging as hard as he can. He could be down behind his own net. As soon as that stick touched the puck, it was a hundred miles an hour wherever it could go. But 
Yeah, no, I just, uh, I don't know. I just think that there's some good hockey left. We're about halfway. We're a little over halfway in the season, and I just hope the Red Wings can pick it up here because I'd really like to see another playoff berth. I think it would be a great motivation for for the players, but I still think we're about a season away from making the playoffs again. We're close, but I think we're about a season away. Well, just when I think the prayers are going to be right there for the playoffs again and 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 they're not, they're not, they're going to teeter on the outside for the next. Then they go and then they go and do something like they did in St. Louis. Yeah, they're they're going to be on the outside of the playoffs for the next several years. Well, they made the playoff. I'll see. They well, I don't care what they did in the past. The Red Wings made twenty-seven straight, so I don't. I don't care about uh, the past. Last year they made the playoffs barely. Or was it last? Barely, yeah, it was barely. And then, and then they then they didn't show up in the first round. Well, we did. Chris also playing the hottest team in the league. We showed yeah, but up, but that's what. They but that's what I mean, Dan. Like, you, you, are you okay with them just making the playoffs? I'm not. I'm not. Well, okay with that. I want a team that's going to make the playoffs. I was for for the longest time. You know, and then they made the finals, and now, but that was like one year, and then I'm thirsty for more. Yeah, but now, and now it's getting to the point where I just want a playoff appearance. Although you're kidding, you know, I don't really. I don't want. I don't. I don't. Still there. I don't want a low. I don't want a, a good, you know, top five pick because that just means you're really pathetic and bad, and then you're going to be bad for. And that's why years. you're never going to win a Stanley Cup. Period. If but you then, have that mindset, then, you're never going to win a Stanley Cup. Ever, but if, ever. but it, but if you get if you get those top five picks, you grow gonna, them you're, and you you're, build you're, around. You're them. not going to be good for 20, 30 years. 2030? What? What the hell are you talking about? Well, 20, 30 years. Have, do you know any? Freaking at, NHL player that's been in the league for thirty years. My point exactly. Well, that's what I'm saying. So like you, you have to have they a were, smart they were terrible GM. For years, and then they became good, and then now yeah, because they up. drafted Crosby and built around him. Because they tanked for, they were terrible well, for so many years. They got a top five pick, and they took Sid Crosby. The Predators they built a team around him and went on to win several Stanley Cups. The Predators, and in, in your mindset. You want them just to make the playoffs, just to say, "Hey, we made the playoffs. We're not the worst in yeah, the league, but we you, made the playoffs. We're, we're a playoff team." Yeah, you make, you're a garbage playoff team. You make the playoffs. You garbage. never. You make the playoffs. You never know what you know. You could you know. You never know. Look at what. Yeah, I do because the Predators what, don't. Look at what Montreal did that one year. They made the playoffs. I am telling you, finals. So if the Predators in the next three years make the if the Predators you make the playoffs, you make the playoffs, and you never know. You know, you got a chance. Every every you don't have a chance. You made it last year and got blown out and embarrassed in the first round. You got swept. The first team ever gets swept in like the last five years. That's the coaching. But, it doesn't you know, matter. It's not. No, it's not the coaching. It's the yeah, guys on the every, ice. Anytime you make the play, any team that makes the playoffs has has a chance to. to yeah, you can you can say that. Levels. You can you can say that. But there's always that garbage team that squeaks in, and that's what Nashville is, or that garbage team that just sneaks well, in the playoffs. At least they made the adequate. Detroit didn't. Yeah, make you can you can say that. Yeah, say Detroit didn't make the playoffs. I've got eleven banners hanging up in my arena. How many do you have? Exactly. I mean, you want to be a playoff team. You don't get banners for playoffs. 
You don't get so, credibility for playoffs. You, you want to get that top five pick. You want to get a good player. Who cares what people think about what the Predators are or have been? Who who cares? That doesn't matter. Who cares what any reporter says? I don't care if they are the worst team in the NHL. Ask Brian about how that feels. And now look at what the Sabres are doing. They're a respectable team that is going to go on and I guarantee you they're going to win a Stanley Cup in the next five to ten years because they're building a culture. And a <laughs> Laugh it up. Go ahead. Laugh at it. Mark my words. Look at what they're doing this year. They're, they are far exceeding what anybody probably predicted for the Sabres. But they knew the, they were going to be better, but they did you think they were going to be this good? But the Predators will never get that top player like a Crosby or a McDavid because, well, for one, they won't get the top, they won't get the number one pick because they, you know the stop we all, overpaying we, for crap we, players. We all we all know the lottery is fixed to begin with, and then the Red Wings haven't won the a lottery NHL, ever. But the NHL, are you gonna let me talk? But the NHL won't won't give the the Predators a high pick. You know, they won't, and, and they won't. They, they'll make sure that they won't get that elite player. Why? Because the predator, the NHL does don't like them. They don't like who? Then they why don't, don't they move the predator, franchise if they don't they, like them? They have their favorites like Edmonton, Toronto, New York, Chicago. I don't. They, they're they're big market. They're big market hockey places. I mean, all the ones in Canada, they're going to be big markets because it's Canada. And the ones you've listed, I mean, they're, they've been around forever. I mean, you can't – I mean, if you go in with the mindset, oh, I just want to make the playoffs, just to say, man, I made the playoffs, you're only going to just make the playoffs until that dr- that well runs dry because you're in the middle of the draft. You're not getting anyone significant. You're trying to find a diamond in the rough year after year. Plus, you've got an incompetent GM that can't put a good team on the ice. And now you're going to turn the reins over to him to try to find that diamond in the rough when you could just tank, essentially, not give these guys these massive contracts, trade them away, get lots of draft picks, and actually go into a true rebuild and find a top-five pick. You start trading away, you get rid of Ekholm, you get rid of Forsberg, you get rid of those guys like that, and you just stack up on draft picks. And then lose that top. That's what. That's and then lose right. your. And then lose your fans in the meantime. And you're, you're not losing your and, fans. And you're you're going to go you're, through that. And you, you'll lo- lose your fans and your tenants and your money because you're going to be playing in front of four thousand like Arizona. Dan, that is not true. Look at the Dead Wings. They had the air. They had to give away cars to try to entice people to show up, but that was the turning of the tide. That was the lowest of low, and you have to hit rock bottom before you can come back up. If you're just at it, if you want to overspend on old, washed up, no good players that are not going to take you to a Stanley Cup, then keep doing what you've been doing for the last five years. So you still don't have a banner. You're trying to say that the prayers haven't hit rock bottom yet. Well, no, because they keep sneaking into the playoffs and they're blown out in the first round. As bad as this feels, I don't want to know what Brock Bottom feels like. That that I'll be I'll have to wear a paper bag over my head because yeah, a lot of fans do when that happens. But you know what? They turn the ship around. You get a competent GM that can actually find talent and can entice people to come to the the organization. Because when you Tanner Janot is a great building block. I would even say keep Forsberg, but you don't need 
a guy like Eckholm. I mean, start trading some of these guys while they still have trade. Well, you need Eckholm's been making some uh, really good defense. Now is the perfect time to trade him if he's doing that. Get a couple of draft picks and some scrub fifth round AHLer that's never going to see the the NHL. Make that trade. Get a few extra draft picks for him or something. Well, a draft pick or whatever. You gotta build because now a first a first round won't see see Nashville as, as long as Poyle's there because he'll just put him on waivers. He's not gonna see. You're not gonna get a first round for Ekholm. I'm uh, just point. And I know. I'm just making a point. But I think you have to you have to gut and and completely rebuild it. You got to get rid of guys and just acquire draft picks and. Those are the teams that have been doing well. I mean, be, Boston be bad for years. Yeah, but Boston was terrible for years. They made the playoffs. I now they have. Yes, yes. Now they're actually. I'm, I'm when not, was I'm the last talking time, about this? When year. was the last time Boston missed the playoffs? And I'm talk, not talking about one season. I'm talking about like three, four in a row. I I'm not sure. I'd I'd have to look at that. I'm not sure, but I'm telling you, every team. I'm sure there's teams that come out of nowhere, like your your Devils. But every team has to go through that rebuild. And Buffalo is Montreal did it that year and when they played Tampa Bay. Montreal is in a rebuild right now. They've got Caulfield, they've got Urage, they've got these guys that they're starting to put into place that are gonna be good in the next five years. Now you supplement that with some of your youth. That you're you're drafting in the next you know year or two, you bring them up to play with these veterans. Now you bring in a couple of um, you know free agents that that can help you build a contender, and you just keep tweaking the team. I mean, you have to go into that rebuild mode because the Predators. I just feel like I, I feel like all Predators fans are like you. They think with their heart. Well, we don't want to get rid of Poyle. Poyle's our only GM. Like. He hasn't done anything for us, but he's, you know, emotionally we're all attached to him. Cut him. Get rid of him. They need to cut. Get rid of that man. He is terrorizing your your organization. He's terrible. He he can't put a winning team on the ice. Well, it'd be nice. Maybe I, I'd like to see the Predators prove you wrong in that, but. I don't They're know. not. They're not going well, to. They well, might not even make the playoffs this year. It would be nice to see you run for a change, but I'd be okay with that. And that wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'll no, I'm not I'll the wear one. The, I'm, not the, I'm not the one that can prove you wrong. They have to, and Foyle has Listen, to. Listen, here's the deal: if the Predators win the Stanley Cup this year or oh, next year, I will buy whatever size jersey of whatever player. You know that's not going to happen, so don't even bother. So. Well, but anyway, but that's what I mean. So why are you so hell on, on staying with these guys and squeaking into the playoffs? Like you just said, well, I'm not going to, it's not going to happen. Then what are you doing? Why do you want that? Because if they finish, <clears throat> if they finish and get a top five draft pick, everybody, that's will be amazing. But everybody laughing at them. at them and be like, oh, look how bad they are. They're terrible. They can't win a Laughing. So they you're worried. Be the college team. So instead of building a dynasty like Pittsburgh had, yeah, doing, well, look at look at the days. Yeah, but before well, these even, teams got great, Colorado they were a dumpster fire. The Red Wings were that a dumpster even, fire. I, Buffalo well, that even a ha- dumpster fire. I does mean, that even happen? Come, can you even build a dynasty anymore? Yes, of course. Look no. what look at look at Tampa Bay. Well, they're they're not they're what? A dynasty anymore. 
they're kind of falling off the wagon. They won back-to-back Stanley Cups. Oh, yeah, but now look at them. That's I don't not, care what they did. They the won is the in, in, the 90s. in the last five years, they've won more Stanley Cups than the Predators have ever been to. But that's not a dynasty. A dynasty is the when the Wings, you know, like the Wings, they won four and five years or something like no, that. No, it was way more than that. Way more. Way, four, way, way. Four, no. no, I'm saying four and five years. No, it was 10 years. But Oh, they didn't. 96, thought, 97, 2008. I thought they had a couple back-to-back. Just one back-to-back. Oh, Really? But again, so, you it have seemed to like, rock it seemed like they're there every year. Because they had a well, dynasty. That, they built around the guys, and there was also no cap, and they had a guy that could just open a checkbook. Well, then how many how many times have they been in the finals that they didn't win? A lot. I mean, they've been there, they've been there several times. They've only know? lost like two finals. Yeah, but but again, to get to that point, they needed to get <laughs> Like, look at 96 and 97, 96, 97, 97, 98. Those teams started in the 80s almost when they drafted Steve Eiserman. They brought Eiserman in. He, they found out, like, he's he's our guy. You know, he's he's the guy for us. And then they built around him. They started bringing guys in to complement his play style, and the team started getting better and starting getting a little bit better. Then they brought in a couple more free agents, and they drafted a few more guys, and they started getting better. Then they started making the playoffs, and they made, then they started winning in the playoffs. Then in 96, they go to the Stanley Cup Finals, and they win the Stanley Cup Finals. So, I mean, it, it, it all has to have a start. And if you're always just going to be in the middle, what's the point? I mean who cares about the playoffs? You're not getting banners for that. I mean, you're going to hang a banner. Hey, we've had four consecutive first round bounces. No, you're not going to hang that build the team. And I use, I mean, Buffalo Brian knows this. Look at Buffalo 11 straight seasons. I think it was right. Brian without a playoff yep. 11. So you got 11 straight seasons of misery and disappointment and being upset because your team just downright is awful. And then well, things the start turning. Like that What's that? The Predators have been like that too. No, they in haven't. My, in my opinion. Well, your opinion doesn't matter. It's about stats. And the stats don't say that the Predators have been as bad as Buffalo. Buffalo is, you know, they've been a dumpster fire for many years. Like I said, and this is no shot at Buffalo. They finally got it figured out. The Pagula's got it figured out. They've got. Not as worse as Arizona. Well, I'm not talking Arizona. I'm talking Buffalo. <laughs> Buffalo is bringing in guys. You know, they're getting, I mean, look at Eichel. That's what I mean. That's what you get rid of them. You bring in guys, you get trades or, or draft picks. That's how you build a dynasty. That's how you build a team. You take a guy like Eichel, who is obviously not going to take Buffalo to a Stanley Cup final. You identify it. He's he's injured. He's becoming a, you know, an, a distraction you get rid of them and you get back. That's the whole Eichel talk comparison we talk about. But do you really think the Predators can do do that? What the what? No, I don't because they have Poil. Even no, can't. No, even with a, just with any GM. Yeah, I do. Why couldn't you? Because they don't have the resources. What resources does Nashville not have that every other team has? Uh, money. What do you mean money? It's a salary cap. Everyone has the same money. No, but they got 
they gotta have uh, money to pay the players. That's called a salary cap. And but if you they, don't overpay players like you did Forsberg, then you can use that money to get them. other players. Okay, well, he's not producing like uh, however many millions he's earning. He's not. He's not producing at that level. But anyway, uh, I hate to cut this off, but uh, no, we're that was good. we're, we're, that we're running good. short on 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 time here, and got to wrap up episode forty four. Uh, Pride Wings Podcast on Facebook, Pride Wings Pod on Twitter, Pride Wings Podcast on Twitch and Discord, and you can always email hate mail to Rat Ron because That's right. hate for the predators. No, I was just gonna say this. Hold on, now oh, I gotta jump Pride in here and say this. Gmail.com. Stop your thought. Pride I know you have to get it out, but Pride I'm gonna Wings say Podcast this. Gmail.com is our there email. Goes. But here's what I'm gonna say. If it came down to the Predators turn this around, I would love nothing more than to see a Buffalo Nashville Stanley Cup. <laughs> I'm serious. I think that would be I think that would show that teams are actually rebuilding. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Just well, for that the record. I don't hate Nashville. I don't at all. I don't hate Buffalo. I don't hate any of the teams except I don't like Boston and or Philly. But so no, it's not me just hating on them. It's just they gotta build it. That's all. If you build it, they will come. Yeah, that's right. They've already came. Who? The fans. Okay, so now give them a team that's... All right, I'm going back in. All right, let's go. Yeah, let's go. Let's do this. I I already mentioned there are Pred Wings social media sites, but uh, thanks for tuning in to the Pred Wings podcast. Good night, Hockey Town. Bye-bye, Buffalo. See ya, Smashville.